Before we get started with this episode of the podcast, we'd like to direct you to the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. For match day edits, polls, competitions, and more, be sure to check out the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. Matt, who runs the page, has been a huge help to the show. He's done the logo. He's been a guest. Couldn't do the show without him. I'm very thankful for him. And on that note, it is Thanksgiving. It's time to be thankful. And I hope you realize how thankful I am uh, for you listening and providing feedback. With that being said, let's get started with this week's show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. My name is Matt Markson and I'm the host of the show and I'd like to thank you for joining us. This week, we are talking with Millie Peak, the goalkeeper for the Southampton Women's Football Club. Part of the reason is because we like to focus every once in a while on the women's team to bring forth some women's football, uh, something that doesn't get as much coverage. She's also a Saints fan, so we do ask her some Saints questions. But for the most part, we focus on her, her career, um, their season, things like that, uh, and, and just about being a goalkeeper in general. Uh, so not necessarily a normal episode. So if you're looking for full-on Saints coverage, we'll be back with that next week when I speak with Jamie Grant from the Saints Report. But uh, for this week, we talked with Millie Peak, like I said, and this week has been uh, kind of a crazy week. It's, uh, I don't think people in the UK celebrate Thanksgiving the way we do here in the States. And uh, this is actually, you know, one of my favorite holidays. And it's just a, a chance to get together with family and friends and the people that you kind of really love and care about um, and be thankful for that time. And, um, you know, it's not as commercialized as, as some of the other holidays. So it is actually, uh, my favorite holiday. And so this week I am spending time with, um, you know, friends over the weekend and now with my family down in Disneyland. So if this sounds different, uh, if you are a return listener and this sounds different, um, it's cause I'm sitting actually in my car, uh, recording this right now. So, um, and this will be short and sweet. And then I am going to go back to bed cause it is, um, quite late. We just got home from Disneyland and we're going back in the morning. Uh, not home. We got back to the hotel. So uh, I'm not going to stay here very long. But um, like always, I'd like to thank you for joining us. And uh, I want to I hope you enjoy the the show. Hope you enjoy my conversation with Millie. Uh, she was fantastic to talk to. And you can find Millie on Twitter at peak Millie one. And we'd like to thank her sponsor. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. Dosan Convenience, maybe D-O-S-A-N-J-H Convenience for sponsoring her this season. Uh, each member of the Southampton Women's Football Club needs a sponsor uh, to help cover the cost of training and travel and things like that. Uh, so we'd like to thank them for doing that. And if you are at all interested in sponsoring someone or helping with some advertising, uh, you can contact the club. Uh, all of the links to those things are in the show notes. So uh, anyway, so let's go ahead and get to the interview with Millie. I hope you enjoy it. We'd like to welcome to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all the SFC fans. And this week, the Southampton Women's Football Club, Millie Peak, the goalkeeper for the Southampton Women's Football Club. Millie, thank you for taking some time out of your evening to, to talk with me about your season and about you. Uh, and welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, 
So kind of just what we want to do is we want to get to know you a little bit um, and then we'll talk about yeah. kind of how the how things on the pitch are going this year. Uh, and then we'll throw in some um, some listener questions uh, at the end. And I think it'll be hopefully a, a good, well-rounded kind of view of what's going on. Yeah, that's fine. I have to ask you, are you a Southampton fan? Of course I am. Of course you are. <laughs> did you, are you from Southampton originally? Did you grow up there? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've lived there all my life. Did you have a favorite footballer growing up? Um, I wasn't really like, obviously I started football at six, so I wasn't really... I'm more played it than watched it, if you understand. Yeah. But um, like at one point, I was proper involved with Joe Hart. Like, I just wanted to be like him. Okay. But I don't know. That was probably my only person like Joe Hart. As a kid, you go through like Ronaldo, Messi. But no, Joe Hart was probably my aim. Okay. See, my 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 son is very much a Messi fan, uh, not a Ronaldo fan. Yeah. Uh, my daughter just cheers for the red team. Uh, constantly, which is, which is great. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so I, I guess the the next question is, have you, have you always wanted to be a goalkeeper or were you always a goalkeeper kind of growing up or did you play, uh, Um, other positions and things like that? Well, when when I was younger, my dad started a team. So I was just literally just joined in. I watched my brother play. So I was like, I'm going to join them. And we, I actually went into a team. I was going to go play out on pitch, but they needed a keeper. Me, I used to play with boys. So me, I was like, I'll go and go. Even though all the boys were too scared to, I was like, I'll go and go. So I've been in goals since the age of six, really. Um, obviously, I was at another team, um, Saints, girls. Okay. And I broke my finger. I tried me out on pitch, and I played good there. So I was playing out on pitch for a season. Came to Southampton Women's. I played out on pitch, played in defence, midfield. I played everywhere, really. Towards the end of last season and this season, I've just been in goal. And now I'm in the first team, so I played out on pitch for a bit, and then been, been in goal for the rest of my life, really. All right. Now, do you? I'd like to stay there as well. Yeah. Okay. That was the next question: Is do you do you prefer yeah. to be in in goal? Yeah, yeah, I do like it in goal, but it's just it's a hard situation because ninety nine percent out of a hundred, if you make a mistake, it's going in. So, so last season, I went through like a lot because of like. I wasn't playing as well as I could. My confidence dropped down. It was, it was like all on top of me all at once. And I didn't want to play anymore. But then obviously my dad pushed me to play. And I think if it weren't for him, I wouldn't play him now. So I do respect him for pushing me to play. But no, it's hard being a deep goalie. But I, I would like to say that I do like that position. Yeah. And, you know, I don't have a, a like an all-encompassing view or understanding of, of what goalkeeping is. But... Um, I know my son likes to play keeper and so we kind of work with him. And, uh, I think in the United States, that's one of the positions that we've been kind of most successful at producing. Um, you know, we, we haven't really put a ton of players, uh, in, you know, top leagues around the world. We're starting maybe, you know, we have a few teenagers kind of doing it now, but, um, other than, you know, Tim Howard, Brad Guzan, Hope Solo, uh, Hope Solo, those are, are kind of the, the standout athletes almost, uh, for us in in the soccer world. Um, Brad Friedel and uh, Casey Keller as well, um, who I believe played for Southampton even. Um, so I guess there is, I think there's something special or different that you have to kind of do to, to, to play goalkeeper yeah. mentally. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about that in, in, in just uh, a little bit. But um, before we get there, I wanted to ask you kind of what, what do you do when you're not playing football? Um, I, I work all through the day, work at the co-op. Um, it works around my football, so it's not too bad. 
if if I'm not working, I'll probably just go out, meet some friends. So I'm, I'm quite a social person. Okay. So it's either football, social, or work. Really, it's nothing nothing major. And that that seems that seems fair enough. I'm I'm more of like yeah. do this or work. This is this is about as much social interaction as I get, unless I'm you know yelling <laughs> at somebody on on the on the football field. So. Um, and, yeah. and how long have you uh, been at Southampton Women's Football Club? I think it's been two and a half seasons because I um, came to Southampton. Uh, they did a six-day approach or seven-day approach thing. So obviously I left the other Saints. Um, I didn't enjoy it there. So I um, came to watch training. I can't remember what it was. I think it was 2015, halfway through the season. Okay. I joined there and obviously they put me in the reserves. I was playing out on pitch and then Fran, he he wanted new goals so he gave me the opportunity to play for the first team a few games and then last season I was in goal but it was like a comp- like when my confidence went I got dropped to the reserves again so it was quite of a sticky season last season because of injury because of all that sort of stuff but I, I finally pulled through it and worked so I've, I've probably been about three seasons now nearly okay and and when you were playing before you arrived at Southampton, was that in the same division as the Southampton Women's Football Club, or was that a different different division? The Saints' first team are in our same league now because we've been promoted. Okay, yeah. So we've just gone into their league and beat them three one. But I was playing for the reserves in the reserve Southern League or Premier League. Um, so like you've got West Ham reserves, like all that, all them sort of teams. Okay. Um, but they literally just shoved the reserve. They didn't really care about it in that team. So they literally just shoved us in there. And that's that's why I left, because they didn't care about us. It, it was all about the first team. And the first team never changed. And all the youngers never got opportunity. Like me, I never got an opportunity to play for the first team or even a couple of games. I think that's why I left, because it wasn't great there. Right. And um, is, is that frustrating? Yeah. Is that frustrating as a player to not, yeah, to not even be able to be given an opportunity? Yeah, it's like honestly, it was there was loads of younger younger players in the reserves for the um Saints girls and ladies. There was loads of younger players, but um, their manager Adam he never gave anyone chances to move up and like have opportunities. And he's only started doing that this season because all of his players are gone. Like all of his good players who go to Pompey or Bunnyfields or some some place like that um, because they understand that no one actually had opportunities so they're not gonna they're not gonna get any better because they're gonna keep the same players every single season um obviously that was quite frustrating for me because i was never gonna get nowhere i was just gonna stay at the same team getting smashed each week right um but yeah it was quite frustrating so when you decided to join south Hand women's football club were you willing to kind of go to the reserves and, and work your way up uh, was there some sort of, uh, did you see that there was an opportunity for you there, even though there wasn't? When I first went to the Slampton Women's, you could see, like, it was just a place to enjoy. Do you, like, do you understand? It wasn't, you could see that it, it was so different to Saints, because even though no one knew me, I was so welcome to the club, and then that's what made me, like, stay. Like, my first training session, I didn't even train, I watched. But everyone spoke to me like, you're right, how you doing? But everyone's so lovely there. There's no no different groups, if you understand what I mean. Absolutely. People, everyone would talk to everyone. There's not like something that a bitch about someone or stuff like that. It was just, it's nice to be there. And obviously, 
I started at reserves. I didn't mind being in reserves because the reserves, they weren't, they did go downhill for a while. And obviously we finished eighth, not last season, the season before. And then this season, no, last season, the reserves did amazing 18 wins out of 18 games. Mm-hmm. I, was, I saw some people going up and then Fran gave me the opportunity. And then now Simon gave me the opportunity to stay on the first team. And I respect like both of them for that, for doing that for me because that's when I started getting like, scouted like somebody scouted me to go play in America so I've been like it's been alright yeah it's absolutely. been the right season for me towards the end of last season like I've, my confidence so boosted so much and I've been playing as well as I should now this is I wasn't planning on asking you this but you know when the scout comes and maybe looks at you for, for America like is that a real is that is that something you would want to do is move over here and play in the the NWSL or something like that um well he, I got scouted last season, but um, I might look at it again for this year because it is something that I would like to do for either two years or four years. That's what you get offered. Kind of where you are in your career, you know, you are, you still have a lot of your career ahead of you. So, so taking an opportunity like that, maybe to move uh, abroad and 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 do that, might be a, a real possibility for you. So, I, I think that's that's pretty awesome. But you're like, like you said, it's a it's a huge kind of commitment. But kind of going back to Southampton Women's this season, you obviously you were promoted last year. Whenever I think of a, of a newly promoted team, I, I think you see in the Premier League this year, the, the newly promoted teams are doing just fine. But oftentimes you see them kind of struggle. Were you at all worried that you would, would struggle a little bit when you got into the, to the higher league? Um, definitely. I think where I was at Saints girls, I think where we got put in the Premier League already, I think I was kind of knew what was coming but in a way I didn't obviously we was all not worried about going in we was all didn't know what to expect because where we haven't played the teams before where we haven't really heard about the teams we didn't know what to expect but we we went into each game well we are going into each game as like a normal game if we if we lose we lose but we're back next time and beat them so it's been quite of a it's not been a struggle but Lately, our games ain't been, our first half ain't been great. Like, we ain't been starting as the way we should be starting. We've been giving ourselves a bit of a scare, some some of the games. But other than that, I think we should just know what, should, what to expect, really. Like, are the players, are the players, you know, that much faster or, or anything else? Are there maybe just a little bit better it's tactically? More, or what is there? I think, yeah, I think it's more technical. Um, I think they have got some quick players, but obviously we've got Amy Barnett, which is at the back, and she is like a quick defender. So mm-hmm. I think that's what we need, like somebody that's quick at the back. Otherwise, if not, it's just that we're going to struggle because the strikers now, they know they're quick, they're good with their feet, and obviously with, with Amy Barnett at the back, she's always caught up with them. And um, that's, that's what you need. On You need a quick defender, or even all quick defenders. Most of them are. But... Um, I think that's what you need to stop them strikers. Coming into to this season, you know, you talked about you know struggling a little bit uh, before, uh, but coming into the season, did you did you set any kind of personal goals for yourself before the season started? Um, my personal goal was probably just to stay fit because obviously towards the end of last season and halfway through it, I had a back injury, and then the season before that, I had my thigh, and it's just like loads of things, and my ankle. So I do get injured quite quick. But um, literally just to stay fit and keep going. If if something comes up, don't let my confidence go. Just keep pushing past it. Use my nerves into good nerves 
so the bad nerves and then not play and then get myself annoyed and literally just to stay fit for the rest of the season. Your performances so far this year, like you said, you guys have been maybe not starting as well as you should. Yeah, the games have been close. They've been exciting for the most part, you know, last minute, late winners and things like that. But um, how would you kind of rate your performance this year? How, do you feel like you've improved from last year? Do you feel like you've grown maybe as a goalkeeper? I've definitely improved from last season because last season, my like where obviously where my confidence went, as I said, it I was never I wasn't coming off the line quick enough. Um, I wasn't great at one on ones, but now I'm I'm coming off the line. My one on ones got a little better. Um, two games now I've made double saves, like triple saves, whatever. Like so, I can see a massive improvement in myself. Obviously, that's thanks to Mark and Lee for helping me and Simon definitely for boosting my confidence and helping me through it, giving me one-on-one, literally just telling me what I need to improve on it. I'll go go out each training session and improve on that. So I think if it wasn't for the coaches, I wouldn't play as well as I could. Yeah. I feel I can play a lot better, a lot better, but I need to improve on it. But yeah, no, my, my um, performances are a lot better than what they were two seasons ago or last season. When When you come off the pitch after a match or even at halftime, Who's the first person you go talk to? I'd probably speak to, I don't know, I'd probably speak to Lee. Yeah, Lee or like one of the defenders, just, just to talk about like what's going on, say if we was like either losing or if we're not playing great, I'll speak to him like, what do we need to do? And then I tell him my point of view, like, because obviously I can see the whole game. So I tell him, or I speak to a midfielder, like, we need to sort it out in the midfield. It's what we need to do. We need to follow this player. And I think, I think I talk to everyone really. It's just the more person I would talk about if I had a bad game it would be Lee. Because okay. obviously where he's a goalie coach and assistant manager, I would speak to him and he can tell me what I need to do and what I need to improve on to get to the second half. You mentioned earlier that your dad had started a team or a club or a team or whatever whatever it's called and that you went out and played and it was originally I think for your brother but you went out and played. Um, when you made the transition to someone else coaching you was that was that difficult for you or did it not really have any impact on how you kind of approached uh training or, or matches or anything else um obviously i played with boys since the age of six and the law was you have to leave by 13 to play boys anymore and um obviously when you've been playing with boys and when you're young you don't really see many girls like playing and then i thought oh i don't want to go to a girls team obviously mothers blah 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 but Clearly, at the age, because I'm a girl myself. <laughs> but that's what you just think, because I've been playing with boys for so like for that long. Right. And then go to, and then go to a girls team. I was obviously all my mates were girly girls, so I've never actually seen another girl play football at that age. Okay. And then when I moved to a girls team at the age of 13 or 14, I thought, I'd why do I say that? Like girls are a lot better than boys. But like, the way I look at it, I think we're more technical if you understand like mm-hmm. we don't roll around on the floor and <laughs> <laughs> yeah there was a there was a tackle last week that the from the other team that got it they got a yellow card but it looked like i mean it was right in front of your camera i don't know if you watched the youtube uh kind of replay yeah. but like it's it like both feet off the ground it was it was atrocious yeah and 
and credit to your team member, uh, teammate. I, I, I didn't catch who it was, but um, you know, yeah, I mean, she grabbed her shin and then she got up and went on with her life. It was not, it was not like she still the yeah, uh, she just smiled at. Her. <laughs> But like I saw that, and it was like it was like oh man, that's a horror tackle, you know, and and yeah. you know, not to not to bring the boys into it, but Dusan Tadic would still be rolling at this point, you know, he'd be he'd be kind of complaining Definitely. about. It. <laughs> uh, but um, when you're on the pitch and you are working through a match, like as a goalkeeper, which relationship, like with which other player or group of players is the most important relationship for you to have? Like, who do you have to have an understanding of, of what they're going to do and where they're going to be the most in order to make you successful? With goal kicks anyway, the splits, all that. But um, the normally, like, obviously there's Kirsty Whitten and Kirsty Bow in the middle. So I know how they both play. So if I play it to them, I'll trust them because I know they're good players and I can play it to them in the middle. In between two strikers, I can play it to them and trust them with that ball and not be worried. So you need to trust like trust your team or you need to have good relationships with your team because as a keeper, if your relationship ain't good with your teammates, especially your defenders, if, if your relationship ain't good, they're not going to listen to you as a goalie. Um, that's, that's when things go wrong. So you need to make sure you have good relationships with the defenders, every single player on that pitch because they will listen to you. Right. Okay. All right. Is there anything a non-goalkeeper might think about goalkeeping and think they understand? Like, is there an outfield player like that says, like, I like, I, I understand that. I know that. Um, but what what's something that they definitely don't know about goalkeeping, even if, even though they think they do? Well, most people think goalkeeping is easy, but it definitely isn't because I don't know. They might think it's easy because they think all you do is catch a ball or dive or kick a ball, but it's 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 so different to that because. You can see the whole pitch, and like they need to understand. Like if I get a, if if it's one on one, you need to know when to come out and get that ball. You need to know when to leave the goal. You need to your positioning needs to be perfect, and it's not all about catching the ball. It's not all about diving and all that stuff. It's all about thinking and knowing like when to leave the goal line. When to if I if I'm coming to claim that ball, you need to claim that ball. It's just not hesitation. Like last season, I was hesitating a lot, so that's when they were scoring. Mm-hmm. But you just need to, if you make a decision, you need to stick with it. And I think if somebody was going to go into goalkeeping, I think that's what they need to understand is when and when not to. Is that is that one of the hardest things about goalkeeping, or or if not, what what do you find to be the most difficult uh, about the position? Most difficult is probably getting to know when and when not to leave really because I, I used to struggle with that and positioning is quite a main thing as well because if your positioning is wrong that causes yourself that causes them a goal and if you're not great at your positioning or if I, if I leave the goal too early they can either chip me or if I leave it too late they can take it around me so it's just one of them decisions that you need to stick with so I think that must be the hardest in knowing when and when not, when not to leave now, as a goalkeeper, do you prefer to play like? Do you prefer the defenders to play a pretty high line so there's you can come out and kind of play with your feet, or would you prefer to kind of sit deeper and and, and block shots? Or what's kind of your if you could if you could set up the team however you wanted, you know, uh, you know Simon and Lee not there, would you? How would you? How would you do it? Oh no, really, it depends what team you're going to play. Like if they have, if you know the team and. They had good through balls and the strikers were fast. I'd probably be a deep because that would then help you out a lot. Because if them strikers are quick, that's no good. So, but if the team 
hasn't got that through ball or if the if their cycles are fairly quick or even if they're slow, that's when you start playing at high line, depending on the ball, depending if they can kick the ball. But I normally, when I am in goal, I'm, when they kick it, I'm, I say to Kelly and Amy, like, drop on the kick because you don't know what the kick is going to be like. So if we're playing a high line, I normally tell them, as soon as you hit that ball, drop on the kick, so then it gives yourself that extra yard to win that ball. Okay. So that's what I normally say to them. When you look at goalkeeping, like you said before, people tend to think that it's just about catching a ball. Uh, it's just about uh, blocking shots, and that is part of it. Um, but for you, uh, what what's your favorite type of save to make? Is it during a one-on-one? Is it a penalty save? Is it uh, pushing a free kick uh, around the post? Or what, what? You know, what's the when you dream about making saves? What kind of saves do you dream about? It'd probably be like I've saved quite a few. It's just in one. I think it was this Sunday or, yeah, I think it was this Sunday. Um, she crossed it in and it was kind of like back post. So I dived and saved it and this girl was literally on the six yard box and I'll save it again. So they're, they're probably the best saves that you can, you can make is making a double save and it makes you feel like, I know it sounds weird, but it makes you feel so good about making that save because knowing that you've kept that team in twice from making them saves and another, Another thing probably be one-on-one saves as well because that's such a great like thing for you to do, knowing that you can save a one-on-one, and that's probably the most best saves you make is a double save and a one-on-one save. When when you make those saves, do you, you know, Joe Hart tends to yell at everyone when he does it, and a lot of goalkeepers jump up and they clap their hands, and I don't know if they're yelling at their defenders for making a mistake or <laughs> if they're yelling out of excitement, but do you? Do you do that when you make a save like that? Um, depends, really. If if the ball was let through easy and I've made a save, I probably will say, like, we need to sort this out. Like, I do get quite angry, but I try, I try not to because sometimes you can make that mistake. And then, so you just need to think about what the, how it's got through. Or say if it's come from across, you can't really do nothing unless block it. But it's, it depends how the ball got through. If the ball got through and they walked it through easy and I've made a save, that's, that's what gets the keeper annoyed. But if every person on that pitch is working their arse off and the ball has still come through, if it's a relief, so you don't really say much to them, like we just need to like, come on, let's, let's sort this out now. We shouldn't be getting through that easy or like, let's try again or something, something like that. It was just, just one of them all right and i asked kirsty this uh last time when i when i spoke with her you know given the climate of of football and it it being you know fairly uh, male dominant do you feel any pressure to to be a role model to to younger women uh to kind of encourage them to play uh, at all being a, a footballer as you are yeah definitely it would be nice to be a role model for younger people to play because the more girls even boys, the more the more people that get involved in sport is is helping the people, like helping your health, and it's just it's just nice seeing young people playing. Like the other day, I was I was working, and then these two boys come in, and like you're the one that plays football, don't you? I was like, yeah, how do you know? Like, so they see my name somewhere, and that's that's nice knowing that my name's been put around for that like sort of thing, and it's nice knowing that if somebody was playing football because of me, if you understand. Yeah. Yeah, so no, it it would be nice if like it is nice if you are a role model to younger people, even older people. Like you know, I could be a role model to an older person. It's just nice knowing that 
it gives me more confidence and much knowing that I have that support from younger people. Uh huh. I have just a few kind of kind of silly kind of questions. It's just a little bit more less serious, maybe. But do you get do you get nervous before a match? Definitely. And I definitely get nervous before a game. More more so for like a, a big match, like a like a a derby, like when you played. You know, when you played your former team, did you get more nervous for that match than than uh, uh, any other match? Yeah, because I think I, I don't know why. Because every match should be the same, but knowing that it's a derby match and the, the amount of people, like obviously when we play Pompey, that's a massive derby match, and mm-hmm. they're they're a league higher than us or two league higher than us. So we're 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 the underdogs, but you are going to get nervous for that sort of game because you want to win. Yeah, basically, but. No, nerves does sometimes trying to take take over me through games. Like, oh, I don't want to play, not too nervous or something like that. But you need to turn our nerves into good nerves. So I think that's what I'm learning to do now. Because if I played them two seasons ago, I wouldn't have. I was like, oh no, I don't want to play, or which is not good. But right. now I've now I put my nerves into good nerves, and then it takes me out, and then I literally focus on the game and. You just got to take take the nerves into good nerves, really, and play the best you can play. Do you have one thing that you need to do before every match? Like, are you superstitious about that? Do you have like a like you wear the same socks or anything like that? Um, probably I have to listen to a certain type of music, but it's just so upbeat music. I have to listen to music for a game, and if I don't, I don't think I'd be like up for it, and I have to stay at home. So if I stay like somewhere else. I don't feel that I'm ready for the game, if you understand. Mm-hmm. So every Saturday I have to stay at home because if I don't, I don't feel like I'm ready for the game and I'm not organised. But if I stay at home, I wake up at a certain time, I wake up, listen to music, on the speaker, get ready and then go. So like from the yeah, time you wake up, when you wake up on game day, from the time you wake up until the match, you're just focused on that? Yeah. That's awesome. Um <laughs> Do, is there one opponent that sticks out in your mind or, or maybe even a player on your team as just far and above the best opponent you've ever played against? Um, probably there's a girl called Samantha Quell when we played against Pompey. She just was everywhere. Um, she is a quality player. Like, so she plays for Wales and Pompey. So she is one of the players that you look and you're like, wow, she is a good player because literally you see her and then she's gone and then she's got the ball and then she just knows how to finish, really. Okay. You said she's, she's probably one of the main ones. You said she plays for Wales as well. Yeah. That's that's crazy. Um, yeah, definitely. Do you have a particular career highlight? In, like one moment you look back on and say, like, that's that's it. That that epitomizes kind of what I am and what I've what I've done so far. Um, I'm not too sure because I just look at every game. I don't even. Every save I've made, I'll probably just look at that. I don't look at the actual games. I'll probably just look at like the saves I've made. So when we played Swindon last season and played Shanker, we I've come out with both clean sheets, and these teams are higher than us. Okay. So to come out of Swindon winning two 0 and then coming out of Shanker winning three 0 obviously that was probably the best career highlight because I've kept clean sheets through them games. Okay. So that's probably the best. It's the best career highlights is when a goalkeeper keeps clean sheets. Really, is that kind of what that that's that's what you keep count of? Kind of is what you keep track of. Yeah. Looking at at the goalkeeping situation for England for the men. Yeah. Who should be the number one? Should it be Joe Hart? 
should it be Jack Butlin and Fraser Forrester? Who who do you think should be the number one for England? Um, I think it was Jordan Pickford Bullet that played the other day. I I think he's such a quality player and where he's still young. Like he played against Germany the other day, wasn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah, I think he I think he should be number one at at the moment. Because Joe Hart wasn't he went for a stage where he wasn't playing great. Fraser Forster he should even play of England at the moment because the way he's been playing isn't great. So, but Jack Blunt, Jack Butler and Jordan Pitford, I think they both should get opportunities to play for, like, be number one. I think it's out of them to at the moment. All right. If you could tell Fraser Forrester one thing, what would it be? <laughs> sort of handling out. He ain't doing great, is he? Reaction. He's slow. Slow. You know, I've been I've been a huge Fraser Forrester kind of supporter for a very long time. Yeah, I've, same. But same. it's uh, it's getting harder and harder to do that. <laughs> He's so slow at reacting, and I think that's what we need to sort out. Um, uh, one more question about goalkeepers: who Who do you think right now is the best goalkeeper in the world? Oh, that's a hard one. But, uh, I do like that Jordan Pickford. I think he stands out quite a lot for me. All right. Yeah, I think. Definitely. Yeah, I think he's uh. He is definitely, yeah, I mean, he's got, he's got a, a different kind of set of skills. You know, what you talk about, yeah, it's yeah. not just about shot stopping. He definitely has, um, the other, the like other attributes. His, his goal kicks, he hits a person so accurate. Like, I don't know if you've seen on Twitter, but he's, he's kicked it from his hand and he's literally set up his goal basically. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. just, he's just such a different goalie to other people. Yeah. But yeah. Definitely Jordan Pitcher stands out worst. All right. Well, I think that does it for me. You know, the next match is a cup match, but when when is your next home match, if you know, and where can people find the team? Um, I'm not sure what the next home one is, but I'll go over ASC Tottenham. If you, on the website, it'll tell you when the next home match is. So if you want to touch on the win, okay. SC, it'll come up with the next home game. But all of our home games are ASC Tottenham. All right, and I will put the links to the the website and the Twitter account and Facebook and all that stuff, uh, YouTube in the show notes so people can find them. Um, and they can find you on Twitter at peakmillie one, correct? Yep. All right, and and then of course the Southampton Women's Football Club is on Twitter at s o t o n women's f c, um, and the links to all those things are in the show notes once again. And Millie, I want to thank you so much for giving me your time. Um, I know I've kept you. Thank you for so much. Oh no, this has been, this has been great. Um, and just thank you very much. And I hope I wish you the best and I hope that you continue to, to stay healthy and, and make saves and keep clean sheets and, you know, <laughs> yell at defenders and everything else. Yeah. Thank you. No problem. Have a, have a good night. And yeah, thank you. That was my conversation with Millie Peak, the goalkeeper for the Southampton Women's Football Club. I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed hearing from her. Uh, if you would like to get more in touch with the Southampton Women's Football Club, you can follow them on Twitter at S-O-T-O-N Women's F-C. Or you can also find Millie on Twitter at PeakMillie1. Once again, like I said at the top of the show, if you are interested in helping with advertising or sponsorship of any of the players or coaches uh, or helping out at all with the Southampton Women's Football Club, contact their club secretary or visit their website. The links to all of those things are in the show notes. They also have a YouTube channel and a Facebook page, so follow along. Uh, get out to uh, the ground and support them as they take on uh, various opponents throughout the competitions they are in. Um, their games have been very exciting, as Millie and I discussed. 
lots of late winners, lots of goals, um, something that we're not getting with the men's team. And hopefully uh, that changes as, as we go forward and the men's team really uh, turn it around. So uh, that pretty much does it for this episode of the show. Like I said at the top, we'll be back next week with an episode uh, focused on Saints like normal. I'll be talking with Jamie Grant of the Saints Report. Uh, so be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss that. If you're not subscribed to the show yet, you can do that on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, or wherever else you get your podcast to be sure that you don't miss an episode. If you're not sure how to do it, send me a message and I'd be glad to help. You can always get in touch with us uh, on Twitter at SFCDELL underscore IVERY or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash SFCDelivery. There is no underscore in the Facebook address. You can also send us an email at SouthamptonDelivery at gmail.com or leave us a review on iTunes or wherever else that you get your podcast. All of those things are very much appreciated. Please continue to send in your questions. Please continue to share the show. That really does help. So uh, that pretty much does it for this week. And until next time, remember that together we march on. <laughs>